And and a guy who would know about this is the one and the only Brock Heward, who is uh, you talking about a soft spot in in, in my heart. Yeah. I got a, a spot like Jello in my heart for Brock, Brock Heward, who joins us on the Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. Forget any one particular sport, Brock. You were just eavesdropping on our our, our uh, setting the table of the Denver Nuggets, and these guys have had such a pure culture, and it's always been about team. But we've never seen them respond after winning big as a team. And I, I use the phrase um, that's been long standing in the basketball community. It does the disease of me seep in and, and we're, we're about to find out all the dynamics that I know, you know, all too well from uh, the college and pro level. Yeah. You know, what was so cool about their run last year? And I know Jeff Van Gundy talked about it an awful lot on so many of those broadcasts and it's, and it starts with the headship, their their leadership on the court with, with the Joker. But when you genuinely root for your teammate and you generally care more about his success than your own, then you have a chance to to win it all. And and, and Jokic is such a shining bright example of that. I know we're going to get to USC and talking about Caleb Williams and that disease of me and handling prosperity, which is so hard. So hard, especially for 18 to 22 year olds. I would think under their leadership and with all that returns, and especially with your MVP and your dude in, in Joker being the way that he is, genuinely rooting for other success more than your own. When you get to that point, good things do follow, and that disease of me could be flushed. Mm. Brock, I know there's a lot going on today with Denver, you know, getting their rings, but let's turn the page on Russell Wilson right now. Um, I know you've covered Russ for a long time. Um, so what do you make of what Russ is doing this year? I think he's doing all that he can do, to be honest with you, from a skill set standpoint. I see Sean playing to his strengths, trying to put him in a position with their run game and their play action game. And I, I would love to see a little more down the field. I, I think he still has more to offer there. You know, it's, it's probably, I knew that the legs would slow down. I, I didn't know maybe they would slow down as dramatically as they have the last couple of years. But when I watch them, you know, it is pretty conservative. Wants to limit mistakes. But I think that there's more in the tank down the field and. You know, I look at Tom Brady, and, and, and while Tom was never the runner and never the creator that obviously Russell was in his prime, Tom's deep ball at 42 was just as good as it was at 32, which was just as good as it was at 22. And when I watch Russ still throw that moonshot, when I watch him push the ball down the field, I think that there's still a lot to like. So hopefully the second half of the season for him, for the Broncos, you know, for the decisions that they've got to make, Hopefully they can lean into that strength a little bit more because, you know, Philip, that dynamic athleticism that we marveled at, that we admired, that we loved so much for so many of those years up in Seattle, that's not coming back. Other time it's it's taken a toll on some of that. But I do think there's more in the tank when it comes to him pushing the ball down the field. Brock and and the one and the only Brock Heward uh, is joining us. Uh, Used to be the quarterback at uh, Washington, out there in Seattle, uh, spent some time in the NFL, was Peyton Manning's uh, teammate in Indianapolis, um, and now uh, still does uh, radio with uh, Brock and Salk on Seattle Sports. Uh, Brock, staying with the Russell Wilson uh, topic for just a minute here, Um, if you don't mind, I I, I think I'm going to – 
I think I'm going to uh, sh- shed light on what I think we're in the fast lane for, and that is the ultimate paradox when it comes to the Broncos' success and Russell Wilson. Because if you look at Russell right now, and if you told me, or if I told you rather, that before the season started, Russell's going to be completing 66% of his passes, throwing for over 200 yards a game, 13 touchdowns and just four interceptions, you'd say, wow, that's awesome. The Broncos are winning games. But the wins are not coming along with it. And I'm not sure uh, what more else Russ could do on, with, with Sean Payton right now. So what if the stats look great with Russ, but the wins don't come along with it? and the decision that has to be made at the end of the season. <laughs> well, you know that decision, right? I mean, that decision comes in March, and unlike Geno Smith back, where the Seahawks structured a deal where it really is year to year. I mean, everybody looked at the front-end money of Geno, and oh my gosh, three years, $100 million, that wasn't the deal at all. It's a year-by-year deal, and, and team makes a decision on Geno. Contract is based on numbers and whether he reaches his numbers from the previous season and and it escalates. But that's a year-to-year deal, and that's not the case with Russell. And you've documented this really well over the course of the last few months on on your show and and on the station that in March they're going to have to make a two-year decision. Not a one-year, but they're going to have to make a two-year commitment on an enormous amount of money. So, I mean, the wins have to follow. You know, Russell, Russell put up good numbers often. Russell was efficient often. But what Russell did was he won when it mattered. What he did was win one possession games. What he did was play better in the fourth quarter than he ever did in the first quarter. And that, to me, is some of the telling stats this season is, you know, first half to second half splits. You rattle off the, you know, the stats in totality, and you're right. They're more than solid. They're much, much better than they were a year ago. They're functional. But it's not about when you throw those, you know, or if you throw those touchdowns. It's about when Mm. you deliver and when you're a difference maker. And for us, over the final 10-plus games, it's going to have to be when it matters. It's going to have to be in the fourth quarter in one possession game that he's got to prove to Sean Payton. He's got to prove to his teammates. He's got to prove, most importantly, to the decision makers and to the ownership that you're willing to bet on him for the two years that follow. Mm. Brock, with this... Whole Kareem Jackson fiasco. What's your take on it? Say that again, my friend. The whole uh, Kareem Jackson fiasco that's going on. What's your take on it? Oh, golly. <laughs> I think that's a lot of money. Mm, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I, I think that's the first thing. Is, man, that is an extraordinary amount of fine money that's going to go to a, a lot of other good charities, but it's going to go through Park Avenue and not through and not through Kareem. I mean, he's a marked man. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. There, there's no question that, you know, if you took a, a normal safety and they had that one hit, you know, it would be a 10000 or $20,000 fine. But when they to accumulate and they continue to be as damaging as they are, it's, it's a matter of him having to change his strike zone. You know, we watched – I watched Cam Chancellor, you know, early in his career and some of those – Earl Thomas, some of those dudes in the Legion of Boom – and they brought the boom, and they got fined, and they got penalties. And over time, Philip, they learned to change their strike zone. They learned as hard as it was that, yeah, man, you've got to go with the hip. You've got to go with the thigh. And, and I know Kareem's going to say, listen, as hard as I hit and as much as I accelerate through contact and as violent as I am, if I start hitting dude's legs, I'm tearing up knees. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm even further endangering that guy's career rather than, sure, a concussion or, 
you know, a shot to the shoulder or whatever. So but that's what he's going to have to do. It's, it's brutal. It's the nature of the game. But he's got to change the strike zone. It's like a pitcher, man. You may not like that umpire strike zone, mm. but he's going to call it a certain way, and yeah. he's got to adapt to it. And for him, he's just going to have to adapt and change. Otherwise, not going to be available, and he's going to be donating to a lot of charities through New York. All right, Brock, I've been waiting all day to, to, to talk to you about this. And it's Brock Heward, um, who played at University of Washington. He follows the Pac-12 very closely, uh, calls games uh, for Fox, uh, does uh, uh, sports radio uh, for Seattle. But you have um, probably a file on Caleb Williams, and I know you know his game well, and I'm really curious because so many folks here in Broncos country on Sunday morning wanted the Broncos to lose, all right, and and for a chance at Caleb Williams. But I, doubt is starting to creep in if this is uh, the can't-miss product that everyone has told me he is. Um, mm-hmm. What what do your eyes tell you, uh, unique eyes, as, as, you know, you played quarterback? Yeah. Uh, talk to me about Caleb Williams. Well, I've seen him a bunch. I've seen him lose three times to Utah. I've seen him, and obviously I have a brother on staff at, at USC as well, so I know a lot from the inside. I know that he's immensely talented. When you see him in person, and Philip, if you were to see him in person, he would look like a 215-pound NFL running back. Mm. And he's got legs and calves and shoulders and I mean honest to God if he if he walked in your studio in shorts and a t shirt and shoes you'd be like, bro, that's a, that's an NFL strong safety, that's an NFL <laughs> running back. He's built like a brick house like that. Now yeah. he can also spin the ball really, really well and can throw it seventy yards, you know, pretty pretty easily. So and he's a quarterback. I mean he's not a running back. He is a quarterback. But I would say this, watch the next three or four weeks very, very closely because adversity is hitting him for mm. the first time in his life. Okay. And if we've learned anything about the NFL and young, talented quarterbacks, it's not about the God-given skill set, not about even their anticipation and accuracy. It is about handling adversity and overcoming failure, which comes your way in the NFL, especially when you're a top-10 QB that is drafted to a bad team. So, you know, there is a skill set. There's a bunch of body that looks like Justin Fields. I think he's a more natural, more accurate passer than Justin ever was collegiately. But handling adversity, to your original question about (laughs) the disease of me and prosperity and all that's been handed to him, and, you know, bona fide number one pick, and Sean Payton saying he's a generational talent. Okay, but now you've lost twice. There's no playoff. No Heisman. There's none of those things coming your way. How do you finish this season strong? And it is a brutal schedule. They'll go play a cow. They should win that on Saturday. But then it's Washington and uh, Oregon up at Oregon. So how does UCLA, who's an elite defense, how does he handle the rest of this season? And, boy, I sure hope he doesn't shut it down. I saw Emmanuel Acho's comments, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Is this the world we live in? Just because you don't win the Heisman, now you're going to just shut it down and be protection mode? Mm. So I think, yeah, it's going to be – and all eyes of the NFL will be on it. They don't care what you do against, you know, lessers. They care what you do when it matters and when it's hard and when it's tough. And that carries forward for Drake May at Carolina. That carries for J.J. McCarthy. So I can guarantee you this, Zach, and I'm sorry, long-winded answer, but I can guarantee you this. In April, 
There will be a debate in the top ten. It will Ooh. not just be Caleb Williams I like number it. one. I, 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 I love it. Will, I think there will be a great debate between those two other guys and maybe Penix and others, depending oh. on how the final four weeks of this season finish. All right, Brock, um, we're going to let you go after this one. Appreciate your time. Great response to the Caleb Williams question. Um, it is a Hot Take Tuesday presented by Papa Murphy's, okay? So just keep that in mind because this next take mm-hmm. is absolutely sizzling. All right, last week, last week, I asked Phil, I said, hey, if the Broncos moved on from Russell Wilson, where else, what other organization would make him their dedicated plan? All right? And we are throwing out some teams, and I can't believe it, but Seattle came back up. All right? <laughs> and, and because Geno's deal is a year-to-year, and because it's gone so badly here in Denver, uh, could you imagine and just put, put these futuristic uh, goggles on what – the Seattle response would be if you asked the question to your audience there, uh, would they invite Russell back if things continue to go uh, awry here in Denver? Hmm. That is a N-O-no. An N-O-B-O. That is a no-go. Okay. <laughs> not with Jody Allen and not with Pete Carroll and not with John Schneider, man. That ship, uh, that ship has sailed. That ship is in Denver, Colorado, trying to stay afloat. But <laughs> yeah. nope, I don't think there's <laughs> any reality, my friend, where that one's going to come back home and have a Ken Griffey Jr. Right? Mm-hmm. Ken Griffey left Seattle. Yeah, he went to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Ultimately, he came back at forty and hit a couple pinch hit home runs. No, no, I don't. I, I don't think that would be the case with Mr. Wilson. All right, we'll keep our eye on that uh, potential prodigal son hot take story. Um, Brock, we appreciate your time as always, man. Keep doing your thing, and uh, I know we'll be catching up uh, down the line. You got it, boys. Keep doing your thing as well. Enjoying the new show. You guys are uh, having a blast. Keep thank, doing it. Thank you. Th- thank you so much, Brock. That's Brock Heward, former quarterback uh, at the University of Washington, yeah. like Mister Pac-12. I mean, he's. So good calling the games, and um, we love having him on.